Strip down to my skin and my bones I love huskies but I feel like a wolf In a pack but I feel all alone I'm scatterbrained Welcome to another episode of the Budding Industry Podcast I'm your host as always Gabe Joined by my good buddy Dave And today we're really happy to have The founder of Cannabis Club TV Danny Keith Danny, welcome to the show Welcome to you guys to California Oh, I do wish. We're, we're stuck in Montreal right now, sitting through the, the winter storm of the season. We're, we're covered in snow and, and at minus 20 Celsius today. So, yeah, we, could, we would like to be welcome to California. <laughs> Lots of indoor activities when it's that cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not so bad. Uh, except you got to worry about pipes freezing. That, that does happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's just launch right into it. Um, what is Cannabis Club TV? Cannabis Club TV is and like a, it's a cannabis television network essentially. We're pushing, you know, somewhere near 50 different channels of content into 14 states, almost 200 locations. And really the whole goal is to work with the you know, provide a service to the dispensary that helps keep the customer engaged and buying products that they're releasing and tying the brands into it so that they can tell their story while the customers are in the dispensary and then for the content producers, it allows them a vehicle to air their adult style or alternative content into a marketplace that probably won't ever come across their stuff. So we try to be, you know, to each one of those pillars, we try to be forward facing. And, and really at the end of the day, it's about telling brand stories and product stories and then engaging with an undereducated base of consumers that are beginning to flood these dispensaries. Um, all with the hopes of helping to build brands and and create relationships with those customers. Amazing. So you mentioned it's you know it's a TV network. People are going to see it at dispensaries. How exactly does that work? Where where is somebody actually going to access you know CCTV? Well, that's you know that's kind of like the other thing. I was just talking with uh, one of my executives, and it's it's rare that you you get to be part of an industry such as cannabis that's just exploding and. Not since prohibition or maybe fire have we seen this much of an impact on the economy, right? But at the same time, we're overlapping technology and how content's being distributed and consumed. So we're we're essentially what we have done is we've built an over-the-top network that we send out. So we send out a device to the dispensary; it's free to them, and we control that over the internet. And so. We broadcast like 2.7 million videos. It's all on demand. We manage most of it and launch to channels for the dispensaries, the ones that they want. And, you know, we can control each one individually from the net. So what we've done is take what's happening in consumer consumption of media with Roku, Apple TV, Hulu, Amazon Prime. I mean, Netflix, there's a, a varied field of people. And then we've implicated that into cannabis. And so we've kind of cr- crossed the paths of, brand new breakthrough technology and media and and a cannabis industry that's on fire no no pun intended mm, pun, oh yeah pun, pun taken i feel like it was intended <laughs> we hear that so <laughs> that that's a really awesome model uh to, like a vertically integrated uh, media empire can you tell us a bit about how uh, how you monetize absolutely so we primarily stick to monetizing through the brand partners and and we have a couple different products that we offer them um you know when you come on board with us 
you know, it's a fairly inexpensive transaction. It's not unlike, you know, kind of a community TV or cable TV approach. I mean, eventually we'll get to like selling ads during the Super Bowl, I guess, like on 420, it'll be more <laughs> expensive eventually one day. But right now we're just trying to get the brands accustomed to, to creating digital. I mean, like there's been numerous advisors in the business world, not just in cannabis, but if it's 2019, if you're not producing content about your brand to tell your brand story or vision, um, you're really doing yourself a disservice. So we really are trying to get these brands to cut their teeth on understanding digital and digital play. Uh, that being said, the next big step is like getting these dispensaries to partake and help us. So one of the ways the dispensaries help helps us is they all do patient appreciation days or ambassador days. And what we can do is we can help take those CCTVs that are in those locations and we can literally black it out with just that brand's content for that period of time they're in there. We've been testing those with a couple of our partner dispensaries and we're seeing a, a crazy amount of lift um, because we can actually track a period of time against a period of product and understand what that, that lift actually hmm. is. So we're, you know, we're sticking to the monetization through brand partners, but we're also trying to make sure that we're a really healthy resource tool for them so that we're not just like selling them an ad and walking away. We do full social media support for them in the sense of we'll do stories, we'll do posts um, on our IG or Facebook. We'll do mentions in our newsletter. You know, our goal is to create the exposure component and and to really engage the consumer with the brand. Amazing. So, how did you how do you start approaching a dispensary with this idea? I know you said that the device is free for them. That's obviously a selling point. But what's your pitch to a dispensary on this? You know, well, fortunately, we've been we've been doing this for a little over three years now, and uh, in the beginning, it was a really hard sell because. You know, people were making a lot of money. People are still making a lot of money, but it's not until you have to start really thinking about it that certain things start to make sense. Um, you know, my background in the in the NBA, which is basketball, you know, the whole thing when you walk into an arena, you know, the whole thing is, you know, all basketball all the time while you're in there. And, and then there's marketing in between. I used to tell people, like, we throw a circus and play basketball on timeouts. You know, <laughs> kind of the same thing in a dispensary. You don't want to walk into a dispensary. That's your opportunity to literally punch them in the face with everything you have when that customer comes in, you know, with as much as possible in that short time frame that you have them. And because it is going to start getting more competitive, you're going to see more cities issuing more dispensary licenses. You're going to see more brands entering market. So what we have to focus on with the dispensary is that, hey, we're a differentiator. We're a wait time reduction for you. We're an educational tool. We're a marketing tool. If you're proactive and are making uh, graphics and stuff, we'll put them on the screen for you. So really for the dispensary, even on some of the dispensaries that qualify, we'll put in televisions for them. So we'll, we'll do everything. We'll do the full install. You have no TV on the wall. You, you say yes to our project. We come in. We'll do everything on a professional install, and you'll be left with the TV on your wall and, and a broadcast that you don't have to think about. There's no programming for them to do. Um, mm -hmm, we right. manage all of that programming and we run it like a television network. So, you know, we try to have about 25 to 30% of what we call evergreen content, meaning refreshing content. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we try to keep things balanced on a 70, 30, 70% content, 30% advertising. Uh, we really try to make it as sit down snackable as possible. It's an in-between of gas station TV and traditional couch TV, you know, so the segments, instead of being, eight to nine minutes long with commercial, then it's, for us, it's like a four to six minute. It's not quite the one to two that you get at gas station, but we do have time to engage with people. And so 
we really and we have 14 different categories of content so we really just tried to find a way to 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 match whatever theme or or kind of atmosphere that a dispensary's got going on so that we can you know be the best effective tool for them well it's i mean it sounds amazing you sort of touched on your professional background a bit there i want to explore that a bit more can you tell us a bit about what you used to do and how that really led you to this what inspired you about it and everything um yeah so i mean quick history on me <clears throat> i have been working since an early age literally i've sold just about everything from i've sold jewelry cars i mean you name it and so at the end of the day i'm really blessed to have owned my own retail shop so i bought a surf shop at 20 years old ran that um, for the better part of 20 years and then decided wanted to do something different so i went to work for the nba for a minute wow and while i was there i learned like really how to how to monetize eyeballs not not just sell things but like and i know that sounds let me rephrase that how to best market brands to consumers the shortcut is you're monetizing eyeballs but hmm. at the end of the day you don't monetize if you're not putting the right content or the right place at the right time for these customers and so when i was working um in the arena we were selling digital concourse and it just struck me i just saw how much that digital would move people like if we did a beer promotion a pretzel promotion a merchandise promotion a ticket it didn't matter what we were promoting um if we were promoting it like an after party after after one of our games all i saw all of that um really activate and and really tangible and tommy i've been you know tommy chong's a business partner of ours and i've been a long time family friend and <laughs> that doesn't seem like the type of detail you want to gloss over yeah we got to hear about this <laughs> i will definitely so tommy approached me in the nba and said hey um while i was working there he's like hey i'm gonna launch my cannabis brand chong's choice i'd like you to be involved and i said well we you know him I was like, I'm right in the middle of a championship run. Let me let me build this Cannabis Club TV thing for you, and we could put it out there as a forward-facing, you know, point of sale opportunity. And then it took longer for him to get the brand going. We had our we had our big, you know, I I got you know we ringed up 2015 on the NBA, both the bigs and the little team. So I got two rings out of that. <laughs> and then my, my in March of 2016, I kind of had my entourage moment. And uh, we had already started Cannabis Club TV. It was already going, but I was doing that on the side. And then I realized, you know, there needs to be a stigma change. Tommy came down with rectal cancer. Uh, my wife uh, was diagnosed with a brain tumor. My dad subsequently lost his battle with opiates, wow. like all in like the first two weeks of March. So it was it was a big shock. You know, it, and my wife had a brain tumor surgery, came out okay. We, we managed her pain you know and nausea with indicas and a little bit of cbds and a very small amount of opiates tommy beat rectal cancer you know eventually with you know cbd suppositories and like some mix of western but like he beat hmm. rectal cancer i mean that's a big one to beat wow. right yeah after already having prostate cancer and then when my dad passed it was like he would have <laughs> used cannabis but he was a vet so his vet doctor just kept pumping him through opiates hmm. and at that moment i was just like, like i'm killing it right now in the nba but and I work for an amazing organization. Golden State Warriors are amazing, you know. But we needed to change the stigma. We needed to change. We needed to change the narrative around what this plant could produce and do. And you know, you can talk about all day long how people get high for recreation. Man, I know so many people with Parkinson's and epilepsy and you know severe migraines and Crohn's disease. And I mean, God, I could go on and on, you know. And it helps them and it works for them. And as and I know that most people that are in the space maybe it's getting more diluted are there because of what the properties of the plant are 
Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be that person that told those stories. And we had a perfect combination of, you know, I understood digital media. Um, what we are now and what we started as are totally, you know, completely far apart. But I'm really happy with what we've built. And for me, um, it's really a way to tell people stories and to help nonprofits, to help events. Like we're a big fan of, you know, Athletes for Care and, you know, just other organizations that are trying to bring the medicinal side of the plant more forward and, and educate as we learn about terpenes and, you know, CBDs and CBNs and CBGs and all these things that start to happen. We want to be the vehicle, the, the repository of that information so that people come to us. Wow. That's, I mean, that's quite a story. I mean, through a, a series of some unfortunate circumstances, you basically partner with cannabis royalty, Tommy Chong, and have a mission to, to, to take on the stigma head on. How would you say the stigma has changed, you know, from your view since you got into it, since you started? Well, I mean, John Boehner is now running around doing cannabis events. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> evident, it's evident that, you know. Well, you do, that, you do his job for long enough. You might, <laughs> you might not have a choice. Well, and, you know, here's the deal. We, we have to, and I'm hoping that, you know, with the, you know, in, in the states, you know, we just passed our farm bill, which included him. I mean, it's been a hundred years mm-hmm. that we've not allowed that to take place. So, yeah. you know, the the industrial side to the to the plant side, you know, we're living in some very exciting times right now. Um, I think the stigma is lessening. You know, I, I have my mother who's still with us, but you know, peas in a pod. Her and my dad were both on the opiate train, as most people are in the '80s and '90s, and. You know, I'm trying to tell her the other day, like, hey, I can get you some, you know, CBD cream or I can, you know, get you a tonic or something that will cut that pain and won't give you any any sort of psychological effect, you know, and no, 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 I don't want to, if I that test positive, I won't be able to get my, you know, insurance or doctor or whatever. So we still have this, this we have this overarching fear and we're probably going to have it until, you know, we deschedule the drug in the States. But, you know, I think, you know, now... Now, it's really awesome to run around with Tommy, who went and did nine months in federal prison for shipping a bong to Pennsylvania, you know, like to, to be able to roll. I was just with him this weekend. We went to Urban Leaf in San Diego and SDRC, and we did appearances, and, you know, he's 81, and it's like, it's so rad, not only to, you know, to smoke with him, but at the same time to to see somebody who was a, such a huge champion, to actually see in his lifetime things take a turn is... Uh, is probably one of the most rewarding things. And I get it a lot less. When I came out of the cannabis closet in 2015, 2016, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, you're screwed. You're never going to get a job in nonprofit. You're never mm-hmm. going to get a job with the government. You're never going to get a job here. And I was like, well, you know, sometimes in life you have to take a shot. And uh, if, it, if that was to happen, then, you know, no risk, no reward. If you're not ready to fight the battle, don't draw the sword. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like with me, you know, it's, it's really – I think it's lessened because I don't care. Um, but I still think that there's a fair amount of um, people that are still have been indoctrinated for such a long time that cannabis is a bad thing and it's a gateway. And, and you know, I, I've i been smoking weed for 30 years. You know, I, I can't see it as a – I'm still – I'm like a responsible guy that uses cannabis. Yeah. Uh, and I've... there's irresponsible people that drink coffee. So I just – I think we have to just really – continue to educate, continue to win customers over, continue to allow dispensaries to expand. The cat's out of the bag now. Now it's just a matter of how well we control it and benefit off of it. Definitely. I mean, you know, responsible people using cannabis. I mean, it worked for Obama. 
he uh, he, he made it pretty far having smoked uh, a nice amount in college. So I think there's hope for the rest of us. I'm going to tell you that, you know, in the NBA, there, there's a fair amount of people using cannabis that have a lot of rings, you know, and there's a whole side to the healing process that it provides too. So I just think that, you know, that, that judgment is starting to wane. And again, it comes from, unfortunately, guys like John Boehner and other high executives that were in the government or whatever, jumping on and endorsing. And as much as people hate on that, throw shade on it, you know, it's a it's an important factor as long as we don't let it get out of control that some of these people are paying attention. You know, you guys in Canada have been really active uh, in the investment space. And I think, you know, that's good. You know, I think we just got to remember why we all got into this and like, let's not bastardize it too quickly Mm -hmm. right uh i think so one thing that really impressed me as well which i don't think you mentioned in your in your quick bio but uh can you speak a little bit about grind out hunger and uh and how that got started and and where you're up to these days absolutely so it's funny because i'm a big cause marketing person i feel like you know, you, you should, if you want to be a successful business in a community, and I'm talking primarily, and this goes for big corporations, but it's easier to write a check when you're in a big corporation. Um, it's harder when you're a smaller business to incorporate, you know, and I'll tell you a little bit what we offer in cause marketing on Cannabis Club TV. But so I, where I grew up um, was about 40 minutes south of Santa Cruz in a place called Salinas. And it was it's really poor. It's where most of the uh, produce is grown for two thirds of the world, possibly you know, salad bowl of the world. So a lot of, you know, Hispanics, a lot of, a lot of poverty. Um, and so I happened to get locked into surfing at a pretty young age. And when I was able to move out, I moved straight to Santa Cruz and then the rest is history. I acquired a surf shop and, and then began to kind of embark on my career. And I always gave back. We always gave back to whatever, what was, you know, whatever we could donate, we donated to whether it was school auctions or, you know, United Way had to stuff the bus or whatever. We participated. And then, um, you know, one day I had somebody from the food bank come into my store and they asked, hey, can we put a barrel in your store? And a barrel is like what they use to collect food. And I, I was like, sure, no worries. You know, like, tell me more. And so that's that's when we, you know, I kind of learned that, you know, in Santa Cruz County at the time, it was one in eight kids were going what's called food insecure, you know, especially in the summertime. And you know, it's relatable to parents not having enough money and, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's the whole downline. And so <clears throat> kind of reminded me, like, when I was growing up, I didn't have a lot. You know, we definitely got the government cheese, and it always sucked to get the free lunch at school and deal with the guys that could, you know, eat their bologna sandwiches while you were eating turkey and gravy. And it just – at that point, I we had probably like five or six shops going. Santa Cruz Surf Shop was the name of it. We actually owned some domains, um, skateboards.com, surfboards.com. And, you know, I saw the opportunity to, to kind of take those relationships that I had with in the action sports industry, whether it's surfing, skating, snowboarding, actually in musicians. I mean, I've also done a 10 year stint on radio as a jock. So it's like I had music connections. I had all these, you know, cool connections and the food bank was struggling to get into the schools schools weren't really participating and so i started going and talking in schools and so i created grind out hunger because and i use like a different surf skate snow and a guitar is kind of our lo- our four different logos and uh and that's you know we we not only help feed kids but we also help educate them and empower them and say hey, look like you know being hungry or being food insecure is is your 
situation. It's it's not your choice. It's just your circumstance. But you can change that. We can change that. We don't need kids to be going hungry. There's no reason in this country, um, you know, we should be having any children go hungry at all. Hmm. We have the resources. We just obviously don't have the desire. So we, you know, so we built that and we kind of rock and rolled with it. And that actually is what, in between me closing my surf shop, I op- I flipped it to an indoor skate park for Grand of Hunger where we would feed kids and they would come skate. And then I ended up, that's how I ended up getting in the Warriors because I wanted to work for them. They had no job for me. I said, well, what do I need to do? And they said, sell a floor gym. So I went to Plantronics and I did the first ever for-profit, non-profit relationship with Plantronics. They bought a three-year deal with the floor logo hmm. um, and they gave Grind Out Hunger the end zone. We got 30 seats in the end zone to bring wow. kids. So within, so we still do that. We still operate it. Um, right now, our main focus is we fund a couple different programs in Santa Cruz. Um, one of them is a, a place called Next. Uh, I'm sorry, it's um, name's escaping me, but essentially they take kids and they, they take under privileged kids, primarily Latino and Latina kids in South County and digital nest. They teach them how to program, how to do video game coding. They take them to Google, they take them to Facebook. So they're trying to break that generational repetitiveness of Hmm. field working. And then we work with another company called uh, food. What who kind of does uses agriculture to teach kids business. And then we go around and we, we try to tip off on school, you know, lunch debts that people have, you know, we just call it schools and we allocate a certain amount of money and we go out and we try to pay off the kids overdue lunch bills. Hmm, um, wow. and so that's what we do with it right now. Um, try to keep it really low keys, not talking as much in the schools. Um, it's pretty much well known now. And so people have that, they understand what needs to happen and, and how to do it. And the kids are empowered and, and, uh, one day again, I'll probably open up another indoor skate park and, and do it again. And cause it really, you know, I'm a big fan of investing in my community and especially kids. Um, and that, that kind of parlays into where I feel like in cannabis, you know, you sh- if it's, you're making so much money, you should find a way to give it back. Absolutely. I mean, that's just going over your whole, I mean, the select snippets of your life we've gone over, there's a pretty common theme there and it's giving back, giving out information, giving to your community. Uh, it sounds like in everything you did, you've kind of been doing that leading up to CCTV, which the whole product is a dissemination of information to a community. Uh, it's yeah. pretty easy to, to find common threads here. I mean, taking that, you know, we just look back at all that. What what do you see going forward as the broader goal for CCTV? You know, to continue to tell the story, to continue to, to be a leader um, in the space around good business practices and culture and you know, really showcasing, you know, one of the things we do is we'll give nonprofits or um, events that are focused on fundraising for nonprofits free airtime. So they forever, you know, whenever they need to use it, they can use it. And there's no catch, you know, we're never going to charge those people. So that's our way of kind of giving back in the space and really trying to help connect the dots um, for some of these people across different categories, not just food for me anymore. It's veterans, it's athletes, it's kids with cancer, it's whatever we can do to help out. Um, I think, you know, to answer the question of what I feel like is in the future, uh, we're already activating on some things. Um, we recently just launched it in the hydro space. So in cannabis, we're called cannabis club TV in the hydro space. We're called harvest TV. And so what we do there is, you know, connotate and program hydro style programming for the, the locations. 
and then we sell into that um, endemic, you know, the brands that are there. We're also going to be launching into head shops under Headshop TV. Um, and I think that one of the most exciting things is that we launched a, you know, API driven or a, an automatic menu board off your point of sale that'll help dispensaries save time on sitting there every day, entering their menus in, but also keeps their menus accurate so that you don't have a customer waiting in line for 15 minutes and then they get up and then they ask for wedding cake and they're like, oh, well that's sold out. Well, why is it on the menu? Well, we haven't updated the menu yet. So in addition to, you know, reducing salaries, you know, as far as time involved, you almost get a full bud tender back in some of the dispensaries for as much product as they're selling. So, you know, we're again, another service to help and that also is free to the dispensaries. So we're, again, just probably continue to build tools that we feel provides return. I'm a big fan of if you build it, you know, they will come yep. and, and then focus on giving the best service, not five star, not six star, but 11 star service <laughs> on, you know, what you do. Yeah, dial it up to 11. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in the, in the spirit of giving, do you have any advice for, for aspiring entrepreneurs who may be listening? Yeah, uh, first thing you should focus on is when is my first failure going to happen? Um, you know, because if you're not failing frequently, not repetitively, there's a difference. <laughs> you know, if you're not failing frequently, then you're not really pushing the envelope. Um, if you're going to go in, I, I get asked this all the time, I want to be in cannabis, what should I do? And I always tell people, well, what do you do now? You know, and then how does it apply to the space? I mean, I've never built a television network. For me, I'm a, you know, kind of a, a little bit maniacal when I take on projects. I probably took on the one of the hardest uh, niches in the space because it's digital marketing, it's in dispensary, you have to explain it a little bit. Not everybody gets it right out of the gate. They know print, they know events, they know social, they know websites, but you know it took a little bit of time to educate people. I think first and foremost, figure out if there's a problem, right? Don't just think there's a problem, but really determine there's a problem and ask people, do your research. Then figure out if, they, if you can manifest and manage a solution. Um, if you can actually manage and manifest a solution, then you gotta look and see how many other people are doing it. You know, no point in going to the paperclip business if there's already a million people selling paperclips. And then you gotta figure out if you can make money on it. And then you gotta be willing to do all those things with no guarantee and try to make it work. You know, and so and and really do whatever it takes, you know, don't pivot. I hear people say, Oh, be ready to pivot. Pivot can be a bad thing. Just because you hit a wall doesn't mean you can't go two feet over and go through or over or around that wall. Sometimes you pivot, you pivot off of what you started off with and what you were, where you were going and you took a right turn and then you, you kind of wither because you left the direction that you were going. So you, and you gotta just not care what people say. Take advice, digest that advice, but always trust your gut to do what you think is best and where you wanna be. And you know what, if that doesn't work, that's okay. Failure is not a bad thing. Sometimes out of shit, flowers grow, you know? <laughs> and so you have to really, you know, and you got to be ready to, to bleed, man. It's a, it, you know, being your own boss has all these perks until you're, you know, in the middle of the Indonesian jungle on a surf adventure and one of your locations hits you up and says, my screen's not working. And you log into your interface and you make sure it gets working. All the while you're pulled over on the side of the road because that's the only place you get service. So you, you got to be willing to just, it's not going to be easy. No one's going to set your processes for you. No one's going to set any of that. It's up to you, you know, so, and no one's going to care as much as you either. So don't ever think that's going to happen. 
Fair well, enough. I'm not sure anybody's going to care as much as you with all that advice. That was uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so again, thank you so much for your time. This was this was a great chat. Uh, just before we leave it off, how can people find out more about Cannabis Club TV? Well, you can find us online at cannabisclub.tv. Uh, we're also on Instagram as Cannabis Club TV, or maybe we're in one of the 200 locations that you uh, visit in over 14 states. So you can see where we're at. Um, on our website and see if your dispensary has our product. And if not, tell them uh, to hit us up and we'll get them going. Amazing. Well, we look forward to seeing more of you around. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it.